Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. You're listening to part three of this very special interview with Sheriff Richard Mack right here on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Isn't it amazing that we have now two national organizations, CSPOA and Oath Keepers, who actually think we should have public officials who keep their oath of office. Wow. I mean, when I'm talking about a paradigm shift, that is it. We actually believe that our military, that our peace officers, and all public officials from Hawaii to Bangor, Maine, should actually keep their word, maintain their integrity, And when you swear an oath in God's name that you will uphold, defend, and protect, and preserve the United States Constitution, that you will actually do that. And what bothers me, Dr. Dan, is that you ask maybe a rookie cop or somebody else, who maybe a veteran cop, somebody who's been in there 25 years or someone who just starts, ask them, how is it that you will keep your oath of office, or how is it that you do keep your oath of office? Those answers, uh, some of those responses are in my book, uh, both books actually, but most most of them are in this recent book, Are You and David? And it addresses that. And some of them are so stupid. Uh, the responses to that, how do you keep your oath? And you know, it's just totally amazing. Most of them will say, well, I do whatever the Supreme Court says that as a peace officer I have to do in my line of work. Others will say, well, I do whatever the chief says. You know, I follow the policies and procedure manual, the Bible of law of the police department. I follow the policies and procedures. Well, what if one of those policies and procedures does not uh, coincide with the Constitution? Are you going to violate your oath? Is it okay for you to violate your oath as long as your chief tells you to, or your sheriff, or your sergeant? And... What is it that we do in law enforcement that might be part of our routine, but that maybe doesn't coincide with the Constitution? How about roadblocks? How about DUI checkpoints, where we just stop everybody on the street with no probable cause, with no reasonable suspicion, just because they're driving down the street on New Year's Eve, we say, well, it's 10 o'clock at night, you're out on the street, I'm going to see if you're drunk. And they're all fishing expeditions. Does law enforcement have the authority to do that? The constitutional, moral authority to do that. The Supreme Court says 
it's okay for you to do it. I'm not asking what the Supreme Court says. I'm asking you, officer, sheriff, chief, does the Constitution, and specifically the Fourth and Fifth Amendments, do they allow us to do that in America? And if you say we are allowed to do that, isn't that the same thing that Nazi Germany did? Check our papers before we're allowed to go down the street, comrade? And yet you would actually do that sort of thing in America just because the Supreme Court said you could? No, sir. You run your office. You are the patrol officer to keep your oath. Will you stand for that even if it means losing your job? And I would hope uh, to high heaven that each of us would never make an excuse that, well, you know, I of course I compromised my oath. Of course I didn't keep my oath because... I have to feed my family. I need the paycheck. In other words, you're willing to compromise liberty and your integrity for money. Well, uh, that goes yeah. back to the, the oath. I mean, the oath itself says very specifically, protect and defend the Constitution. I mean, those are the words of the oath. I, yeah. From looking at what some of our officials are doing, they, they take that oath and they must have their fingers crossed because we certainly have departed drastically from the rule of law in this country. And once you depart from the rule of law, that's when you start having real problems because law then gets made up, gets made up by whatever is what someone thinks is reasonable at the time. That's not what the rule of law is. It has nothing to do with reasonable at the time. It has to do with that contract that was signed 230 years ago by 13 sovereign states. And they were the ones who made that agreement. And it's not up to some guy on the street somewhere to say, well, I'm going to pick and choose what part of it I'm going to obey, and the rest of it will just trash it. Well, that's exactly correct. And, and you know, it's really a simple process. Uh, after you take the oath, it would then require you to learn what it's about. You cannot keep an oath to something you've never read or studied. And it really doesn't take that long. The Constitution's easy to read. And I would even say, as for peace officers, specifically read the Bill of Rights. That's really the part that deals with your job. One, are you going to protect the five principles of the First Amendment? Then you would have to be then next, are you going to protect the principle involved in the Second Amendment? Third, doesn't come up a lot right now, but it, you know, it, it has reared its head in American history several times. The quartering of troops. And, of course, the Fourth Amendment really is about our job a lot. Search and seizure laws, and the Fifth of double jeopardy. And uh, it, it's, these, are, these are things that we, as patrol officers and, and the police of this country, must understand that we are the guards of the republic. We are the protectors of rights. It's such an important job. And when we reduce it to... No, we're just the traffic cops. We're just the ticket riders. We're just the revenue generators. When we allow it to be reduced to something like that, then we've lost the purpose for which we were meant to be here. We are the guards of the people. We are the guards of the republic. We are the guards of the Constitution. And we need to get back to that principle. And, man, yes, is that a huge paradigm shift? Yes, but that's exactly the training we do. And you talk about what people should do. Get me to do the tr this training for your 
local police department or your sheriff's office, go to them and say, we want Sheriff Mack here to train our deputies, to train our patrol officers, to train our sheriff's offices and our police departments. We want him here to train them, go through it. He's done it. He's lived it. And let's make it happen. It's a four-hour class, and we can do it twice so that those that are on uh, graveyard and swing shifts can pick what shift they would like to attend. We'll do one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And it's a very powerful class from somebody who's walked the beats and been through this. I've done it all. There's not anything in law enforcement I haven't done. And it's, it's a great job if you do it right. If you're just out there being a little robocop and a, a puppet for the legislatures and for the judges, then you're probably not going to make it. And, and that's the absolute wrong way to look at your job. We don't work for the judicial branch. We don't work for the legislative branch. They are not our boss, and we can tell them no. And uh, for these people to put it out there that there's some higher moral ground and responsibility somehow of just following and enforcing all laws, that is absolutely an abomination. No way. We are part of the executive branch, and the checks and balances that exist between the three branches have, have and must be maintained by the police. We must maintain our independence and our dedication to the people. We have to take a quick break on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. The conclusion of this interview with Sheriff Richard Mack right after this. You know, the federal government is failing in so many ways. Uh, it, it, is a, it is an absolute travesty on the Constitution. And one of the things they're supposed to be doing is to protecting us. One of their responsibilities is to protect our borders. Yes. I know you're living in a border state. Uh, what's going on now? Can you tell us? We, we certainly don't get from the news media what's really going on. Can you enlighten us? What is going on in there, and what, what kind of solutions are realistic uh, from someone who's on the front line like you? Yes, well, there is a solution. Um, I believe the sheriff sh uh, should be pushing that envelope uh, to their governors because we already know that the federal government is not going to solve this problem. Uh, they, they certainly have a long uh, track record of causing it, uh, the, causing the problem and making it worse. Uh, the last four or five administrations have played a political footsie uh, with this issue to the point that now it is just absolutely becoming a national catastrophe and a national disaster and a national security disaster. Uh, uh, let me preface this all by telling your audience this. We don't know or understand even one-tenth of the magnitude of this problem. It is 10 times worse than any of us have seen on the news. It's 10 times worse than what you could imagine. The worst criminals in the country are exploiting uh, and human trafficking these children to America. Uh, it's having the desired effect that they want us want, uh, to soften our hearts and look at these poor children and say, oh, yeah, we got to take care of them. I don't mean any harm to these children, but this was designed by some of the worst criminals, the cartels, drug traffickers, uh, 
sex, sexual exploitation uh, criminals that uh, sell these children into slavery uh, and sex slavery. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to say this again. We don't know even a tenth of the real magnitude of this problem. And then, what do we do about it? The sheriffs along the border have got to get involved in that. The governors along the border states have got to get involved in it. And I will call Rick Perry out in Texas. He stood up and said he was going to do something about it. He hasn't done a thing. Not a thing. He's talked big, and he met with the president, and he talked big there. They've done nothing. Every one of those governors should be calling out the National Guard. They have the authority to do that and get down there and secure the border. Don't have them be reception agencies. Have them secure the border. And I mean enter into Mexico on the other side and prevent these people from coming into our country, working with the Mexican authorities and establishing that. And if Mexico doesn't want to help, then we cut off the $622 million that we give them every year in foreign aid, and we make this happen. The Mexican president said that he wanted to help. Then let's get to, get to meeting with him, tell him what we're going to do. Don't ask him what we're going to do. Tell him what we're going to do. We're going down there. We're going to stop the, this infiltration and invasion and this exploitation. And we turn these buses around, and we follow them back, and we give them security, and we start arresting these uh, drug runners and human traffickers, and we start making a difference. Uh, uh, in the lives of these people and in the lives of uh, the American people, and we secure this border. It is an absolute lie and the epitome of hypocrisy when you say that we have a war on terror and you don't secure your own borders. We know for a fact that this is that these children have been used as a ruse and a distraction so that other heinous, Hateful terrorists are allowed into our country unnoticed. That is exactly what's happening there. You have one sheriff by the name of Sam Page in North Carolina who has spoken out a lot about this issue. He is an expert on this. He spoke at our uh, CSPA convention about this. And you, you, everyone in North Carolina ought to hear his message. And I'm telling you, again, this problem is ten times worse than we really know. And, and we the, better do something about it. Well, one of the things that is really most frightening to me as a physician is that these people are bringing diseases in here. Oh, totally. And, and that's part of the, ten, the one-tenth I was uh, talking about. Absolutely. Some of the, t really, some terrible diseases, some that are, that are difficult to treat. And the fact is, is they're letting these people on airliners with no identification whatsoever. And uh, that is how diseases are spread. They're spread by this contact. You're in a, a sealed tube with 275 people, and you don't know what kind of germs these that these immigrants or whatever they are, the illegal aliens have, right. and it's all spread around, and then those people go out, and that's how true, serious epidemics begin. And you know it is the obligation of the federal government to secure the border and to protect the people of this country. That's what they're supposed to be doing. Letting a bunch of people with disease run around the country unchecked is not doing their job. Well, it's not. And another problem, too, is, and I should have said this while I was on the rampage, but another thing that you have, you have to do, uh, you have to stop 
the freebies to illegals. You cannot tell someone, we don't want you here, and there is a lawful process to, to follow in becoming an American. And, and I'm all for lawful immigration. I've always been for it. We are all a result of lawful immigration. Okay, fine. But do not tell a person who comes here illegally that they get all these freebies if they do. We have got to stop that. We need to make that message go down to Guatemala, Guatemala, El Salvador, Nicaragua. Tell them all. Mexico, all of them. All Latin American countries. All 15 Latin American countries. Tell them. If you come here, you will get no freebies. And we will do everything to send you right back. That's the message that has to be there. And if if we don't, they're going to find some way around our security there. If we build a 30-foot fence, they'll make 32-foot ladders. We have got to find a way to stop the lure to come here illegally. I mean, that's an incredibly powerful message, Sheriff Mack, because it's true. I mean, again, this is logic. I mean, we're talking here about logical thought. Two plus two does equal four. That's logic. There's no dispute about that. And what you have just enunciated is logical fact. We all know it's true. But unfortunately, our federal government does not have the desire, the will, or it's not part of their political agenda. There's no honest leadership there. There's no honest leadership there. And I'm going to ask you, which Republicans have uh, been fighting for this, what I just said? Is there any Republican there that has said, shut off the freebies and entitlements to illegal aliens? I don't know of one. And that's what the problem is, is that there's no one in Washington protecting we the people. That is the problem. They are protecting themselves. Article 4, Section 4, required by law, by the supreme law of the land. Absolutely. Well, Sheriff Mack, I have to ask you one final question. Do you think, is there any hope for our nation? Can we survive this attack on our constitutional rights, our unity, our sovereignty, and survive as a united nation? What do you think? Two things. If we don't repent as a people and turn our hearts back to those fundamental moral and religious principles that our country was founded upon, and two, if we don't get local officials involved in the process of protecting and preserving our God-given rights, America is doomed. We're done. I hold out hope. There's hope in my book. You'll see it. But it requires action by all of us. One, first, clean up our own lives and our hearts, turn our hearts back to him, the creator of our rights, as mentioned in the Declaration of Independence, and then get local officials to erect the barriers, as Madison said, erect the barriers against the federal government. If we erect those barriers with our sheriffs, our county commissioners, chiefs, mayors, city councils, state legislators, if we erect those barriers, we can win this battle politically. And there is hope. And we've seen this hope, and we've seen the action of some local officials and states who are already doing this. If we don't pick up the speed on that, we're not going to make it. We've got to make that bigger, better, and faster. And that is exactly the agenda we have at the CSPOA. Well, Sheriff Mack, I'm, I'm going to just remind our listeners here of two websites. 
SheriffMac.com, your own personal website, which has a lot of incredible articles, information. I've been there a number of times. It's a wealth of, of facts that every citizen of this country needs to read. And also the CSPOA.org. We need to join and support this organization because ultimately it's our local sheriffs who really need to have our back. We have to demand that they do their constitutional duty as, and to protect and defend the Constitution from enemies foreign and domestic, both of which we have. Sheriff Mack, it has been a pleasure having you on Freedom Forum Radio. Thank you so very, very much. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Dan. It's a pleasure to, and a privilege uh, to be on your show, and it's an honor to call you a friend. Thank you, and God bless. Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Peace.